Jesus. We're angry today. Yeah, we are angry today. We're frustrated. We're tired and frustrated. I mean, that's what it is. I'm just... I just... I, I, I know I sound like a... Like a millennial when I say it's so stupid. And that's another thing. I'm so fucking tired of people talking about <laughs> like oh, millennials. The yeah. millennial thing. Like, can we stop? Like, can we stop? I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. These apes are not emotional support animals, and they fling verbal poo. Listen with caution. I'm I can't take it, David. Tired. I can't. I can't <laughs> fucking take it, man. What's uh? What's got you burned out? Oh God damn it! I can't take listen to the fucking extremist. I've got I've got extremist fatigue. I can't listen to another woke asshole bloviate about immigration or piss and moan about the billionaires that run. I can't. I'm just, I just like, oh, fuck off. Me too? Come on. Give me, I'm tired. I'm tired of all of it. The, the woke and the, the, the unwoke, the sleeping, the right wing. Well, see, the thing is, I, I was tired of the right wing. The, I've been tired I mean, of the yeah. right wing for 40 yeah. years. So, I mean, being tired of the right wing and ignoring them. That's the easiest fucking thing in the world because they're fucking idiots. It's I mean, exhausting maybe... for me to even find the news I want to read. Like I have to go through Ugh. each headline of either my Apple News or I like go right to the yeah. New York Times, Washington Post um, uh, apps or the Chicago Tribune app, and I have to be careful with what I start with with what I'm going to read to make sure that it's not opinionated. I used to love opinion. Yeah, I I cannot. I was the opinion section editor of my school paper. Like this exactly, was, I yeah. was going to be a columnist, you know. My I can't my blog for years was it. nothing but my opinion, you know. And most I mean, of I'm, what I write now is I know, and I'm. I, <laughs> if it weren't you, I would fucking hate what you're writing. Only because I'm tired of opinion. I yeah, agree with yeah. what you know. I mean, I don't mean that exactly, but I'm so I'm so tired of people telling me what their opinions are. Uh, and even having my own opinions. That's why I haven't even been writing a lot of stuff for Literate because I'm tired of my own opinion. I, see, I feel the I'm same way. I'm exhausted like, with my own thoughts. So I'm like, we need to find... Just sitting down to write shit. Where, I've got I'm, a I'm, list. All right, this list. This, all right, this is my Literate Ape list. Uh, and this is literally shit that I haven't written. And I just don't want to. Yeah. Um, although I'm working on one called Hardware, Software, and What to Call the Apple Running Windows about transgender. I've got one called the... The archaeology of my life through the lens of stuff, which is more personal, but it's like, ah, you know, I've still got a bunch of problematic movies of the 80s I want to write about. Those are fun. Uh, oh, those speaking fun, of which, but, quick pause on that. Yeah. Um, so I watched Tango and Cash the other night as it's I was falling asleep. It's is on it? the list. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh, I there know. was some surprisingly oh, really you... funny stuff that your boy Kurt Russell throws out. And even, oh. uh, yeah, it's okay. I just, yeah, okay, oh, yeah, no, good. It's, it's, on, it's the on the list. I'm right looking forward now, to that one. I've got Trading Places, I've got Tango and Cash, I've got Amazon Women on the Moon, Stripes, <laughs> Ghostbusters, 
You know, I've been working on for like seems like ages the prosecution and conviction of the 1980s. Yeah, the physical embodiment of the progressive dream. I can't write them. I it's like I I'm like oh I'm gonna write this shit and then it just I yeah I can't hate do it. My I've, opinion. I hate everybody else's opinion. I'm I, so ugh. so I've got two things that I've been trying to write for Littered Ape. One of them is one of them is about um, why I played the saxophone as a kid. <laughs> See, that's not uh, and as that's and good. as a, as a result of it, I probably as a result of it, I was never in a band. I like okay. never like started like was in a, a punk band. Like I was wanted to be in or a rock and roll band, whatever. Um, and how much I fucking hate the sound of the saxophone now. It 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 hurts my ears. So I want to write wow. something around that. So um, you don't like Careless Whisper? I never liked Careless Whisper. No. No. Fucking hate that song. I've always hated that song. And I've always wanted to punch Kenny G right in his stupid hair. Well, Kenny G is not a saxophone. Kenny G is a soprano saxophone, which is basically a, a golden fucking clarinet. It's a, like yourself. a golden oboe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you dipshit. Although I will say, when I was in jazz band freshman year in high school, um, I really wanted to play... Or an opportunity to play the soprano sax because like nobody had ever done it. I just wanted yeah. to be interesting, but then Kenny G got real, and then or maybe he was to... real popular already at that point. Yeah. But I was like, oh no, gross. Anyway, the other thing I want to write is, and I started to write it the other day. It's why I'm a bad feminist, <laughs> and the quick, the the quick reasons are. Um, I, I, all my friends, like, I didn't grow up in, well, fuck it. I'm not even going to get into it because I don't care. Yeah. The point, yeah, I started to write thing. this thing. I just shut up. Just shut up. What is new? Like, anything that has any kind of uh, um, grit or opposing. Or sense of humor. Or, yeah. Like, it's, <sighs> it's not okay anymore. It's not funny. Um, everything is so toned down, except for the rage over things that have just slightly, you know, that well, are that's slightly. We li- uh, we're living in a time where the people that are actually—I want to—I don't want to say—I don't use the term tastemakers, but the ones that are kind of leading the charge yeah. have no fucking sense of humor. They're a bunch of fucking humorless scolds, and then everybody else is just afraid to laugh because they might get scolded. And we take everything so personally. Just this morning, Katie and I were having. Uh, my words, a discussion about a story uh, that we had read, and she kept calling it an argument. And like, if you, see, I'm like, Katie, we're not. It's not. We're not arguing here. We're just. We're on opposing. Not even on opposing sides. We're just. We have different perceptions of the same article, and we're just discussing those differences. Like yeah. that's what conversation is. If yeah. everybody just went, "Hey, I read this article," and what did you read the article? I did. Did you agree with with the article? I did. What did you think? I thought this, that, and this. Oh, I thought this, that, and this too. Great, we're on the exact same page. Let's just talk about how we're on the exact. Like, what the fuck is the point of talking? Yeah, well, you know, exactly. like what what is going to be gained from that? And it's so so. If there's even the slightest of difference, I mean, you and I do this at least every week through the yeah. the Apecast alone. We might not agree one hundred percent on something, but we're we realize we are not enemies of each other. Yeah, exactly. And we're just we discussing might even argue our different about stuff. We might even argue about stuff, but, but we're it, not it's fighting. 
No, there's no, well, there's, it, it, well, and it, it goes to the heart of sort of where, and I get it, but sort of like uh, starting with intersectionality and critical race theory and all this kind of stuff that coming up into the feminist movement, that basically intent is no longer important. It's only impact right. that should and be this, considered. And the thing about it is maybe we get into a heated discussion, but our intent does matter because we're not intending, it's like, we're not intending to there's no animosity. There's, There's no, no animosity. Hostility. Right. It just gets loud, and that's okay. And we're into and as it. long as we are respecting that's each intent. other and listening, yeah. let's fucking yell all we want because yeah. we're we're excited about the thing we're talking about. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. And it's not to say that I don't care about the, the issues of the woke. I don't care about well, that, see, LGBTQ so rights or I feminism. Agree with I do most care. Of their I just yeah. can't. Fu- you're, you've exhausted me. Like I cannot. Yeah. I cannot care anymore, or I cannot care enough. Maybe that's what it is. Well, I, it's it's the thing about it is, and, and actually, uh, you had mentioned at one point uh, a friend of a mutual friend of ours, more your friend because you know any longer, yeah. basically said that modern feminism is making me a misogynist. You know, and mm. it's it's fascinating to me that. I mean, and 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 I'm gonna this is gonna be one of my three things. Am Andrew Sullivan basically. And I don't know if, do you know Andrew Sullivan? No. He's a, a, a gay conservative who writes for New York Magazine. The thing about it is, I love this guy because he's a really excellent writer. Yeah. And he wrote a piece called The Limits of My Conservatism. And I highly oh, okay, recommend yeah. you read it, but I'll get to that. Yeah. But, it, but the, the gist of it is, is that, you know, his, his breakdown is that, <laughs> his breakdown is that people... The woke are so that they're on the right side of things, but they're so fucking obnoxious and insufferable that okay. I mean, I read it. I it's like a fuck off. I'm gonna go react. I'm gonna react to their side. Yeah. I read another study on NPR that basically said it's not that most Trump supporters are too stupid to know what they're voting for. They they don't give a shit. It's like most. If you look at the studies, most of them actually agree that climate change is man made and we should do something about it. But they hate liberals so fucking much yep. that they'll just. It's just cheerleading. It, like part politics isn't even about the facts anymore. It's about fuck you. Yeah. You're gonna tell me I'm wrong, so fuck you. I'm gonna vote for this guy just to piss you off. And it's like, and that's why. I mean, ultimately, I've been saying this. Since 2016, why did Trump win? Because we're the left are such a bunch of fucking cunty, bitchy, scoldy assholes. Yep. Of course, and they've been doing that since Bush. Bush, Bush, Bush won. It's like, oh, you're a bunch of toothless morons. I did it for a decade during the Bush two years. Yeah. It's like a bunch of fucking redneck assholes. You and your guns and no teeth and your poorly written signs. And you keep hitting that bell. You keep ringing uh-huh. that bell. Eventually, it doesn't matter who they are or how many teeth they have. Fuck you. I'm voting the other way just because I hate your guts so much. Yeah. I have and I'm s- learning to hate the woke's guts as much. Yeah. I I really have issues with the... And we've talked about this. We've written oh. about it. Uh, we, we were talking... I was talking to Katie about... Uh, well, shit. We had a friend over last weekend, maybe. It was right after Coke died. David Coke died. Okay, and yeah. that came up and they were like, yeah, good good riddance. Fuck that guy. And I'm like, yeah, fuck that guy. I said, I wish that the left would learn from the Coke brothers, though. Because, and like I said this and Katie's eyes popped out of her head and her jaw dropped. And I go, hang on. I'm not saying that the left should give in to what the Coke did, what the Coke no. brothers did. 
But if we strategy strategy took our time, the the right the conservatives have been playing this long game since Barry fucking Goldwater. Oh yeah, at least modern conservatism since yeah. since 1964. They've been playing this, and mm-hmm. they're they're seeing the fruits of their labor. And well, we're just going, wait, but we won with Obama. Everything's great. Every- oh, no, Trump came along and fucked it all up. No, fuckers. Trump didn't just appear and ruin everything. Like, yeah. it, uh, it's... Anyway, yeah, I can't... I mean, this... I, I dipped into Littered Ape is a great. I think we do. We we publish great essays, political opinion. I whether I agree with them or not doesn't matter. I yeah, think that they're matter. well written, and I'm glad that they're out there. Um, but I also want to do more with literature. You know, publish that shit. You, we yeah, know. Well, this. it's just because I'm getting so tired. Of, yeah, I'm I'm and down for the literature because I'm so fucking tired of reading my own goddamn opinion. I feel like I'm going to dip into short stories just to fucking not yeah. have to hear myself talk. And that's what I've been trying to do is I've been trying to write more fiction um, instead of, you know, why I'm a bad feminist. Uh, exactly. It's so like, what uh, I did to bide the time anyway is that uh, I went back and I dug up an old, my, the first novel I wrote, which... yeah. I shopped it a little bit, but I'm kind of over it. It's like, I mean, it's a fine, it's a fine, it's a fine novel. It's a fine book. I just, I don't care about the story anymore enough to do the work to, to get it published or even really just even self publish it. You know, like I just don't want to, I don't, or market it. I just don't fucking care anymore. But I think it's a good story. So I'm putting that shit on the ape. I'm serializing this thing. Yeah. And, great like here's some here's some writing that isn't going isn't clanging the same dead horse on the fucking beaten bloodied mushy skull i'm just you know yeah yeah well I, and you know the thing about it is 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 and i and i i went back and was reading some of my stuff from the early days that you know because i was so heavy into what at the time we called the theatrosphere because it was basically a series of blogs that were all sort of interconnected because we argued with each other so frequently on our comment section that, and that it was all theater people from all over the country. Yeah. And I was sort of like the Chicago, you know, gadfly, you know, and, yeah, and would yeah. disagree with everybody because it was fun to do and argue with them. And, uh, and one of the things that, that, that I was, and I, you know, I made this and I thought about this, like my, my perspective was that all art is political in some way. You know, I mean, it all has a political message that sure. it's sharing. Yeah. But, I, but I'm but i coming to the point to say, <laughs> yeah, it's true, our, all art is political, but I don't need to hear your fucking perspective on it, so go fuck yourself. If you don't like the goddamn women, like the, the whole women shot in fucking uh, Endgame, far out, shut the fuck up, I like the movie. But that's not oh, what yeah. I really want to say. But it's like it's, it's not really what I say. It's like it's like I do people get it. argue about that? Oh yeah, dude. Who the See, fuck the... fucking cares? Why oh, would online, they care? The woke. Why is that a thing? Oh Jesus Christ! You know, and and it's like every decision, and that's the thing. I don't disagree. We're, are we talking that... about the same thing? We're talking about like the the minute and a half, the ninety seconds at the in the final fight scene of Endgame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. where it's just like. All the women come together and they're like, yeah, Absolutely. we got. 
People oh, yeah. talk about that? It, oh, yeah. I mean, you've, got, you've got assholes on the right going, look at them becoming libtards. And you've got assholes on the left saying, oh, fine, give us a token moment for women. But look, you killed off Scarlett Johansson. It's like, Jesus Oh, my Christ. fucking God. It's a fucking superhero movie. Why man. is everything a thing? Well, that's the thing is everybody has an opinion. Everybody Not has, and, everything matters. And this is the thing. And like I said, I feel there's a part of me that kind of wants to punch myself in the fucking face. Yeah. A la Fight Club. Because <laughs> I'm pissing and moaning about everybody's opinion. And that's all I'm doing is giving my opinion about everybody's opinion. Right. Yeah. Listen to us. Like, oh, like, yeah. It's a cycle it I is. can't escape from. We're eating our fucking tail, which is I our mean, the own only heads. Thing, and, and I think yeah. I think Dana would be really happy if I did this. But I think the only thing I could do is like... Cut my fucking tongue out. Like, yeah. Get rid of my fucking voice box and not be able to say any more words. I'd yeah. still find a way to do it. I'd still find a way to give my opinion. It's like, ah. Oh. And I so it's like, I understand why people don't want to fucking listen to me talk because I don't want to listen to them talk. So, of course, they don't want to listen to me talk. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Everybody, I th- all of us, we all need to, uh, literally or or metaphorically, but the action of stepping away needs to happen. I don't care how you do it. We need to go take a fucking vacation, go yeah. sit on a beach for a week, unplug, and chill the fuck out and stop caring so much about things that don't really matter or finding things to matter that don't. Like women fighting in a fucking green screen superhero scene, superhero well, movie you know, scene. The thing about it is it's like I'm also to the point where I, you know, it's like, okay. Trust me, I get it. Trump lies 20 times a day. Oh. Why does that have to be a topic of fucking discussion? Why does anybody have to write about it? It is so fucking obvious. If everybody would just, if the New York Times would just go, just like have a column with no commentary, it's like, here are the, here are the 17 lies Donald Trump's told today. Yep. Just list it. That's cool. it. Yep. Just list it and walk away. It's like, that's all you need to know because this is not news anymore. No. It's so fucking normal. I it's was listening so to. So when I run, I listen to podcasts because I tried when I first started running for this marathon training, I was listening to music and I found that the music was fucking with me because depending on the song, it would affect my cadence and how f- so I couldn't like maintain yeah, <laughs> a proper yeah. speed. It's like a faster song would come out and be like, I'd get all jazzed and, you know, so I listen to podcasts because I can just kind of, you know, like disappear into it. It stays steady. And anyhow, so I was running out of podcasts to listen to and I went looking through and I'm like, oh, I haven't listened to Pod Save America in a while, which is um, yeah, yeah, no, John Favreau, who was a speechwriter for Obama. Six things for that, yeah. Smart guys on that show, but they're a little too obvious and like I don't learn anything new from that show. Well, it's just I mean, two guys talking. And they spent the last, it, their episodes are an hour and a half long and they spent the yeah. l- hour and a half bitching about how dumb and hateful Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell are. And it's like, yeah, they are. They are dumb. Well, Mitch McConnell isn't dumb. Mitch McConnell is very smart in the worst kind of way. Well, Eric and I had, he came over, uh, we had a a dinner party, so to speak. Yeah. Over here at our new apartment. And Eric Wilson came over. And of course, you know, we're going to, and I always feel bad for Dana, because Dana's just like, you can see her eyes roll so far in her fucking head the mm-hmm. minute we start talking politics. And I don't blame her. Yeah. But of course, it's Eric and I. 
And it just becomes the same argument, which is Eric thinks this is the fucking, that Trump and Barr and all these guys represent the destruction and end times of democracy. And my perspective is, all right, Nancy, calm the fuck down. It's not that bad. He's an asshole. Get over it. It'll be fine. You know, and and quite frankly, if he wins another term, which I think he's probably gonna, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be the fucking end of the world. We had two terms of George W. Bush and Dick Cheney who were, in every sense of the word except for a direct prosecution, war criminals. Oh, yeah. And we survived. I mean, yes, yes. And whenever I say it, we survived that. Well, first thing, not everybody first survived thing, it. There well, were a see, lot of people that fucking, died in wars that they created. That's what the fucking woke say. Oh, well, there were well, not everybody survived. Well, you know, you understand what yes, my fucking yes. point is, you fucking pedantic piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, the country and democracy survived. I don't mean that every single human being survived. And I'll be honest with you, if everybody, if every single human being survives, we're all going to fucking tip over and die. People have to die for the fucking world. It's nature. Let me let me adjust Jesus. my wokeness. Let me let me write my my amount of wokeness right there. Yeah. Because I will go ahead and say that all lives matter. Yeah. Okay. You political grammar Nazi. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now it's it's just fucking annoying. I. Yeah. Let's take let's take a quick break and go have a cigarette or something because I'm pissed. Was A Quiet Place inspired by signs it comes at night in War for the Planet of the Apes? Was Ready Player One influenced by Avatar, Wreck-It Ralph, and The Last Starfighter? Is the Hurricane Heist more influenced by Sharknado or Geostorm? These are the kinds of questions my guest co-host and I discuss on my podcast, Piecing It Together. Every week we look at a new movie and try to figure out what other movies inspired it. Whether it's the story, the character development, tone, or even use of music. Every movie was influenced by something that came before and we want to figure out what. Check out Piecing It Together on your favorite podcast app or check us out on piecingpod.com. You can also follow us on social media at piecingpod. Piecing It Together is a part of the All Points West Podcast Network. So here's my question for you. Yeah. If all art is political, and mm-hmm. we could say, yeah, and I think that's, you know, I mean, that's a, a questionable premise, but okay, let's just assume that all art is political in some way. Mm-hmm. What are the least <laughs> political works of art or movies or books what are the least political that you can think of because what i'd love to do is if we come up with like a list of a few things that are completely not political i'd like to spend time with those things for a little while it's almost like you said to unplug well you can't completely unplug so if you're going to plug in why don't you plug into the least political shit so what are some examples of the least political shit you can think of i just turned around to look at some of the books on my shelf to see, like, all right, is there anything that's going to jump out at me? And they're all fucking political. Well, I mean, so I've got The Things They Carried by Tim O'Brien. Not a mm. political book, but it's about Vietnam. It's so, political. Yeah, right? that's political. That's um, political. I've got uh, a collection of Mike Royko work. Politi- but there's Totally there's, political. Yep. That's all political. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I looked and I saw I've got the Billboard Top 100, or Top 40, rather. But... Could that be political? Because sure, how many black people are on that list? Well, how many, I mean, how many women of color? I, I mean, a f- right or just That's I mean, political. how many how many songs? How many protest songs from the nineteen sixties? Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a political. It's, so, what's the least political? Is it children's I, TV? Do we have to watch Mister Rogers consistently? Because Mister Rogers, no, Mister Rogers is very political. Oh, actually, he is pretty political. In, yeah. in, its, in its design, as a Sesame yeah. Street, I was watching Sesame Street this morning with Harry. 
in the, in its design, it is to teach kids how to function in a society of different kinds of people with different situations with their so, emotions. All okay, things so, so that, that are politically mean, okay, engaged. So when did when did just and, and I'm sure maybe this has always been the case, but when did just basically multiculturalism and just everybody kind of getting along when did that become such a hot why why is that political it just seems to be and that's the thing is maybe i'm coming from a left perspective and i just i just can't see it but it's just that you know i mean what's why is it a a political debate point or a political hot button to simply say you know what rodney king said after getting a shit kicked out of him by a bunch of white cops is can't we just all get along why, I mean, why, why is that so hard for us to just kind of go, why can't we just fucking get along? Because humans need to have enemies. Because we can't, because we can't get along. We just can't. Well, I and in order you. for us to do it, it is a huge thing. Since the, be- I mean, Jesus Christ, what, I don't even know what page it is in the Bible, but if we're going to go back to like, if we can just pretend oh, that this shit really happened, right? Like the beginning of time. Sure. Um, you know, Cain killed Abel, or Abel, fuck, I don't know, one of the brothers killed the other one? Cain, Cain killed Abel. Okay. In, like, what, on page 56? I mean, depending on, I, on your I, type I of the, and your size sure, of the book, whatever. But, know. like, it's pretty early on. Yeah. There's murder, and not just murder, like, a robbery or, you know, Fratricide, fighting over a woman. Man. Like, yeah. brother killing brother. I mean, there weren't that many people in the world. Yeah. Right. So shit got off to a really bad start from nearly the beginning. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the argument that, uh, yeah, would would the world be, and, and that's, I guess that's what, I'm not like rah-rah America, you know, I'm not going to go to a, a thing and if somebody brings up that, uh, you know, America had a lot of founding in slavery, I'm not going to shout them down by going, USA, USA, I'm not right. that guy. Right. Never in my life. But the thing about it is the United States is a remarkable achievement because, it's never been done like this before. It's ne- this kind of experiment. And it goes against human nature. And I understand it's like, hey, would it be a utopia if we could live in a society absent of racism? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Is it possible? No. no. Because tribalism, which is the root of racism, is, has, has, it's a part of our hard wiring. It is a part of the animal that is human. Dude, even you know? even with the people that we agree with, as we've yeah. seen, especially since it's been hy- hyper, hy- hyper, um, it's been exacerbated since 2016. Oh yeah, people, the fractions of, on the left certainly, just the split, woke, the non woke, but we're all split, on the yeah. same side. Yeah, I mean, you, we cannot help, even when we're on the same side, to continue to divide, and conquer, the other tribes. We have yeah. to. Yeah, absolute part- peace does Any- not work for us. Well, humans. and the thing about it is, it, it, when you look at the country, and just it's, it, we've had one civil war. Yeah, we've had one civil war in two hundred and what seventy years? I, I don't even know what the numbers are. Two hundred and forty. Um, most most countries have had a lot more than that. Yeah, you know. But I would I would also argue that and, we can't and some of the have... civil wars that they've had are way more brutal than ours. Well, ours is pretty brutal. It yeah, but yeah, go to the Congo. Tell me that civil war is not more brutal. But that one doesn't doesn't matter because that was just black people. Yeah, well, this, I mean, that's the thing. You should look at it as like, okay, so the Civil War we had, we had 
the South, and they were well-armed, uh-huh. maybe not well-trained. The North, well-armed, but maybe not well-trained. Mm-hmm. And they were fighting each other. Okay, yeah. lots of people died. You look at the Congo, that civil war isn't yeah. really a civil war because it's people that are not trained at all and they have no weapons just being slaughtered. It's a slaughter, yeah. You know, it's it's just a fucking it's a genocide. slaughter. It's a genocide yeah. of, of uh, the populace. You know, and, and when I when I hear the woke say, oh, you know, and it's not that, that I want to dismiss it, but when they, when they see that, you know, uh, Trump wants to not give flu vaccine to, you know, the 2,000 immigrant yeah. kids that are stuck in, in detention centers, and they use that, and they say, this is genocide. I want to look at them and slap them in the fucking face. It's like, they that don't know is what genocide not genocide. Is. That's, I mean, that's now, such an overreaction to the, it's a bad thing, but don't call it fucking genocide. Right. There's genocide in the world. Yeah. Look, and this is look what at it the looks Congo. like. Look this at is con- the, the Congo. This is what, yeah. gen- look at Rwanda in the 80s. Yeah. This is what genocide looks like. Yeah. So don't, I mean, don't, don't, you know, it minimizes everything. And that's, that's the thing is that there's, there's levels of awfulness and it's stupid for, yes, it is stupid for them not to vaccinate the children because you get a bunch of people in one area. It's going to get gross. With the flu, it's going yeah. to spread, and oh, yeah. th- that's how... And people are going to die. That's how epidemics begin. That's exactly right. I mean, so it's just... And it could... Ha- Donald Trump could get the fucking flu because of this thing. I mean, you know, yeah. fingers crossed, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, it's not... It's not genocide. Yeah. Not, I, well, not it's, exactly. It's sort of like, I, I guess yeah. that's one of the things that I... That I and I, I get it. Well, but, it's hard to escape. But, I mean, just it, like we were saying, we're so tired. Conflating, it's the conflating of, and I understand it in a world where everybody's yelling and everybody's making noise, that the only way to be heard is to basically make your argument clickbaitable. Yeah. You know, and so that is why we're kind of in a place where, you know, if I, if I, if I, you know, if I, if I accidentally brush up against your tits, I'm a sec, I'm a rapist. I mean, now we've pushed it. We've pushed it so that yeah. it now is the worst thing ever, because, you know, that's what that that's the only way to get the attention that you're looking to get. And right. it's like, oh, for crying out loud! And you know, it's like if I if I, it's the it's the paparazzi going up with their cameras, and Jodie Foster, you know, she's got her kids in an airport, and she confronts the guy that he's taking pictures of her kids, and the first thing out of the mouth, guys, is, don't you lay your hands on me. Are you kidding me? If I had kids and you're fucking getting your paparazzi ass in my face, mm-hmm. I'm fr- I'm fully justified to fucking jack you in the fucking jaw <laughs> and take your camera and smash it on the fucking ground. I am perfectly justified. So don't give me your, don't you t- lay your hands, you fucking pussy. Yeah. You're going to get up in her face. Jodie Foster's got all these adopted kids. She's a good mom. Mm-hmm. She's just going to the airport. And because you want to get a picture so you can sell a picture of her, you're going to get in her space. You're going to invade her privacy on some level, which, you know, she's a celebrity, so that's a little more... Well, she's valuable. in a public space, and he, but the paparazzi's got... She, maybe has kids she, and a wife and she or a husband. she walks up to him to say, can you not take pictures of my fucking kids? And the first thing out of his mouth is, don't lay your hands on me. Yeah. It makes me want to lay my hands on you. It yeah. makes me want to lay my hands on you multiple times in fists. That's what it makes me want to do. Yeah. Jesus. We're angry today. Yeah, we are angry today. We're frustrated. We're tired and frustrated. I mean, that's what it is. I'm just... I just... I, I, I know I sound like a, 
like a millennial when I say it's so stupid. That's another thing. I'm so fucking tired of people talking about <laughs> like oh, millennials, the yeah. millennial thing. Like, can we stop? Like, can we stop? Like, we need to get the millennial, the millennial the audience. But it's, shut blah, blah, the blah. fuck up. Just oh no, just shit. I I I, I made some off comment about uh, Dana being a millennial and oh my god it was all it was all she could do not to lay hands on me well that's true because um, she's not a millennial yeah actually that's the definition of millennial the, I mean if you want to look it's not about behavior it's when you were born yeah and therefore you're, 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 you're a millennial she, as well no we're Gen X no you Dana and I were Gen born X. in 1979 and 1980 no, you were not born 1980 and 1980 is when millennials were born according to the US census 1982 is the cutoff you, oh no, yeah you, she's yeah Dana producer Dana's behind us right now she's giving thumbs down to to Don's head uh yeah it is we are we are on the ass end of Gen X but we are Gen X oh all right Okay, so let's let's just be specific. Howard and Strauss. I don't know who the fuck Howard and Strauss are. You don't know Howard and Strauss? Like, I don't know who the fuck oh, Howard and Strauss are. Come on, I don't shit. But they define the millennial cohort as consisting of individuals born between 1982, like I said, and 2004. There you go. All right, you know that is totally fair. Yeah, I I am wrong. I I admit that I am wrong with my uh, with my bullshit, and I still wish we would stop talking about millennials. But yeah, it's just, it's not even like the talking about it. It's, it's the way we talk about it. Like, like they've, ne- like there's never been this, this kind of generation before and everything. Oh my God. And there's such a unique market to tap into. And Gen X was the same way. Baby boomers were the same way. It was all this new shit. It's every new generation that as soon as they get buying power, we freak out Yeah, and I think we're just hearing more about it and we're trying to tap into it differently because everything's louder now because of the internet, because of the 24-hour news cycle, because of blah, 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 whatever the fuck else, you know? And I'm just, I just want to change the topic for a minute. Like, I want to stop talking about fucking how stupid Donald Trump is. I want to stop talking about millennials. I don't know what the fuck I, I want to talk, talk about. about. I want to stop talking about injustice for a little while. I mean, I you know, I want to stop talking about. There's so I want to be able to laugh again at at stuff that used to be really funny to me. And it's not oh, let's punch down and laugh at, you know, no people that are less fortunate. It's sort of laughing at this this newfound power that the internet has given these marginalized groups. They're no longer marginalized. I mean, they're marginalized, but they're no longer in, out of power. They're no longer out of power. Well, and it's it's also if they've I think got the that, power to mob together online and get someone fired from their job, they've got power. I think what's important is that when you say like I want to stop thinking about injustice for a while, it's not. And I correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that you want to that you no longer give a fuck about injustice. Like you want no. justice in the world. Yeah. But it's like, can we like, fine? But can we take a fucking break and laugh and relax and not take things so seriously? Because even, I mean, I didn't. I, I don't remember him because he was killed before I was born. But, you know, my family was very good friends with Dr. Martin Luther King, uh, as well as um, Bobby yeah, Kennedy. Epstein and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, Epstein, yeah, 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 yeah. You and your um, family. You're, you're, you're the fucking Forrest Gump family of, the, of <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. But, like, I'm sure that King, Dr. King, took a break every now and again to either fuck somebody who wasn't his wife. or we did that like, a lot, yeah. Know, or yeah, to, like, was, just have a, a drink or just chill the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah, you it's know, like, like I they understand say, anger, but calm down. My therapist tells me this, that 
the train, you know, the coaches in training, like not even the running coaches, but like all athletes, like you need to take a break and let your body relax and heal. So all the fucking anger and woke, it doesn't need to be constant because all that's going to do is wear you out and you will perform poorly or you yeah. will exhaust everyone else and nobody's going to give a shit or want to hear what the fuck you have to say. It may be the, you may come up with the most genius thing ever, but by the time you get there, we're all so fucking tired of your voice and your screed that we just don't fucking care. It's on deaf well, ears. All right, here's, here's my commitment. Here's my commitment based on this, uh, this conversation. Um, for the entire month of September, I will only write stuff that's non-political. Ah, huh, that's now, a hard promise now, to make because now, now the difficulty, the difficult. Well, everything right, let's is put political. It this way. Let's put it this way. I'm gonna let me amend that. Just as, it's not that I won't write political, but it will be. It will not be. It's sort of like the David Spade uh, thing. We're never going to talk about Trump on his uh, new talk show. We're yeah. never going to talk about Trump. I'm just going to try to avoid those topics. I, I, you know, I may go back and write, write some of the problematic uh, movies of the '80s because. See, that's I would argue funny. that that's not political. That yeah, is looking. Just that's just like revisiting. Yeah, it's nostalgic. It's nostalgic. So I'm going yeah. I'm I'm to try to. I'm, I'm going to try to avoid that. For the entire, which may mean I won't okay. write anything in September. I might not fucking post a goddamn thing well, in September. No, I think that's a, that's a good challenge for you. Ape, but that's my challenge. But where you're really good is if if you're given prompts. I mean, you've asked me like, give me. I, I'm out of shit yeah. to talk about. Give, give me a prompt. I'll give you yeah. two things. You're really good at that. So that's your prompt is bang out a couple of those problematic movies. Yeah. Um. Uh, bang out some short fiction. Yeah, I, I, and it I can think, be really short. Oh yeah, well, you know, thing is, I'm not very good at fiction, so uh, it will probably be very short, and uh, that's fine. And you got to start somewhere. And hell, yeah. if you know two idiots are going to publish your shitty short fiction, fucking let them. We're we're the ones to do it. We're <laughs> yeah. the fucking idiots to, to publish. I'm not going to stop you. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. Uh, my first thing is. Uh, <laughs> Um, it's, it's, it's a read. It's from December 12th, 2018. You can find it online. It's from psychology today. Uh, no, you know what? I'm going to, this, this will be my second thing. Hang on. Okay. My first thing All right. is a read. It's on NBCnews.com. <clears throat> it was published last week, uh, August 16th. The headline is Miley Cyrus's split with Liam Hemsworth isn't just celebrity <laughs> gossip. It's a blow to the patriarchy. Subheadline: <coughs> Women like Cyrus are speaking out about sexuality in ways that put the power and responsibility back into their own hands. Just give it a read. Oh, I know. It's obnoxious. I, this is what Katie and I were getting into a little bit this oh, morning. Oh, okay. And I need to read it again because some of no, the things she said, I'm like... Okay, maybe I'll I'll go back and read it again. It just, uh, yeah. So after just, all of this, you're going to give us a political thing to read. I have, I, well, I have no choice. All right. Well, you know, then I'll go ahead and go with my first. And it's uh, this is the only thing. Well, one one that's anyway. Uh, my first will be a read. Uh, New York Magazine. Uh, Andrew Sullivan's The Limits of My Conservatism. It's actually, uh, you know, if you don't like Andrew Sullivan, I understand, but it, it, he's such a good writer and he really parses his stuff out in a way that I think is very uh, palatable and still makes you feel smart for reading it. And uh, it's a very good piece of basically all about 
the difference between a, a true conservative and a reactionary conservative that's no longer conservative in, in ideology, but is now just a cheerleader for the right mm-hmm. and sort of how he how yeah. he falls into that. And I think it's it's actually a really interesting read. Um, I, it's one of the things that I'm realizing as I get older is that I feel like I am the left. I mean, I, not that I'm that good a writer, but I feel like I like align. Like if Andrew Sullivan is conservative, I'm liberal, but I I'm like right on the same sort of like part of the bell curve on the other side is him. You know, yeah. it's like I get where he's coming from. Yeah, it's good. It's good writing. Yeah. All right. Uh, so my next thing is Psychology Today. Uh, it's by David, uh, Dr. David Lay. Headline is, Feminists think sexist men are sexier than, quote unquote, woke men. Well, of course they are. This is science. So yeah. just ladies, give that one a read. And fellas, don't be a dick about things, but just know that the science backs up that chicks dig bad boys who kind of hate them. Yeah, science. Right. That, that's, that's weird. Um, speaking of bad boys who hate women... Um, I, I want you to listen to, it's uh, it's a podcast, it's a three-part mini-series from the Ringer Podcast Network. It is called Quentin Tarantino's Feature Presentation. Um, Quentin Tarantino sits down with film critic Amy Nicholson to talk about five films he's programmed at his Los Angeles movie palace, the new Beverly Cinema. And along the way, their conversation leads to unexpected journeys into the director's personal history, his career, and what powers his movie obsessions. So it's a three-part series? Yeah, it's a three-part series. I think it's about three hours long. That's perfect for this weekend, 17 Miles? Yeah, it's really fun. It's funny. Yeah, it's funny. And I just... I like Tarantino and I like hearing about it, but it really, it's not even about, that's the thing I like about it. It's, it's not about his movies. I mean, they yeah. talk about some of his movies, but it's about the movies that he likes to program to watch for other people to watch that he loves that fuel sort of the, the yeah. ideas he has for his movies. And, and what, I think is, that's actually, what is it called, called again? It's called Quentin Tarantino's Feature Presentation. You can find it at art19.com. Cool. All right. Um, so my third thing to do is not political at all. It's go to literateape.com this week. We've got some, at least three new pieces of fiction. Yeah. That'll be running. Um, there's two from, from me, from Hope, from my novel, Hope Idiotic, and then a, a really funny, dark, violent, weird, and really well-written, um, Short story from Brett Dworsky called "Evil Roots." Oh, outstanding! So I just need to I just need to upload it. But uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, but yeah, it's really really good. Last week we had a, an excerpt from uh, Eric Lewin's "Son of Influence" called "Carrie," and that's I don't know how much that's fictional, how much of that is true. Was that from the book? I think it was from the book. I don't know. Maybe it's not from the book. I don't Maybe think it's, it's an original piece. Maybe yeah. it's not from the book, and it's just. Uh, Either a way, piece, but, it's good. But it's a fun like read. It. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's short fiction. And then uh, uh, Jenny Thurston has a new book yep. that she's come out with. So you the know, that kind bird. of stuff. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. All right. And then my final thing is a watch. Watch Dave Chappelle's Sticks and Stones. Uh-huh. Um, number And this is what I'll tell you. Number one, um, I loved it. Uh, it made me laugh. Um, you can definitely see that he's frustrated with the same things that you and I have been frustrated on this podcast with. Mm-hmm. Um, he even he even makes the comment that he's known as a victim blamer, which 
it was a joke, but, uh, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah, pretty much, you yep. know. Um, but he says a lot of stuff. He takes you some places that are not going to make you comfortable. But in addition to it being, I thought, pretty funny, what's even better is when you watch Netflix and you can't search for this, mm-hmm. you can't look it up and just watch it independently, watch the series, watch the special, let the credits run all the way to the end, and there is a 30-minute, like, extra feature that just automatically pops up. Hmm. And what the feature was, was that he did the, 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 the Netflix special was pretty much filmed in Atlanta. Well, he took the show on Broadway. Yeah. And one of the things he recognized was that Atlanta, ticket price was 60 bucks. On Broadway, sometimes like the front row seats are paying like 800 to $1,200. Right. And so he's making fun of the audience for paying that fucking much money when they could have just <laughs> flown to Atlanta and gotten a hotel room, seen it for 60 bucks. You know? So he, so for on the Broadway show, he would do the show and then he'd come back out and say, okay, I never let anybody do this. You'd say anything you want to me. You could ask me any questions. And so, so they got their money's like, worth. It's sort of like, yeah, it's sort of like a a, a, a compilation cut about, about 30 minutes of him just having interaction with the audience and answering cool. questions and having conversation. And he's just as funny in that setting as he is in his stand-up. Yeah. But I really liked sort of his like, yeah, you guys paid way fucking too much money. And it's not his, you know, it wasn't him to set the prices because Broadway. Right. Yeah. But like, I'm going to give you a little extra and I'm going to, and it, it actually, he gets some, some pretty... Uh, salient points out of that too so i just really enjoyed it so okay right yeah, on i that's my that's it that's the show that is the show and we're gonna decompress hulk sleep after this yes and no more no more yeah, politics i like our i like our therapy i like our dave himmel therapy uh podcast way more than our let's bitch about the world podcast because yeah, but this was a little therapeutic i think for both of us yeah it felt good felt good to say see but that's the problem with everything because we're just yelling into an echo chamber. You and I were just yelling back at each yeah, other, and other people I mean, are literally. listening. And thanks for listening and all that. Yeah, thank you. But but we're doing it to ourselves rather than uh, putting it out. To, I don't know. Maybe we're part of the problem. We are part of the problem. I know we are. We, first of all, we're white heterosexual men. We are no, absolutely part no. of the problem. Me too is supposed to frustrate you, you bitches. <laughs> what did she say? What did you say? Me too. It's there to it's there to frustrate. It's there to frustrate you. We're supposed to be frustrated because all of this stuff is there to frustrate us. I'm sorry. I can, can she lean in? I can't hear she's her. She's pissed. And she sat and listened to my side of the conversation for an hour. She can't hear me. And now yeah. she's got something to say, and she's yelling it, it across the room. Right I can't a, even right, hear because I've got headphones on. Dana, write about it. Put it on Literate Ape. We could use Dana, some come over and a, say a feminist political point of view. She's not going to come over and say it. Okay, here we go. Me too exists to frustrate you. It's there to frustrate you. You're feeling it. It's working. What if What if I was me tooed once? What if well, I, I was? I can't hear you now. He says, "What if he was me?" See, he what she if, can't hear you because I got you on headphones. What if I, I was molested? I thought you guys are done. What if he was molested? Done? What if he was me tooed? What if he was me tooed? That's what it's he not, asked. That's not. No, that's not. It's you can't. It's not a verb. It's not a wait verb, a minute. she says. So wait, if, if I was, if I was, let's just say. You can listen to the Literate Ape cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to two white guys holding court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. 
For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>